welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, for the Heming Brainiac podcast. Talking about what are we talking about? A little bit of the old Sir Walter Rayleigh. Swim says the mama fishy says once again the poet is more interesting than the poem. One of the most colourful and political pow- politically powerful members of the court of the Queen Elizabeth I, Walter Rayleigh, has come to personify the English Renaissance. One of the first examples of his poetry appeared in 1576 as a preface of George Gassion's satire, The Steel Glass. Two years later, Rayleigh and his half-brother, Sir Humphrey Gilbert, sailed to North America in an unsuccessful attempt to find the Northwest Passage. In 1580, he took part in the English suppression of Ireland, earning a reputation as a war hero, primarily for leading a massacre of unarmed Spanish and Italian troops. Queen Elizabeth was taken with Rayleigh's personal charm, and he soon became one of her court favourites. The major majority of Rayleigh's poetry was written during this period, much of it designed to flatter Queen Elizabeth and secure her royal favour. He was able to use that influence to ensure the Queen's favourable reception of his friend, Edmund Spencer's The Fairy Queen, 1590. Rayleigh also used his influence to gain the Queen's support for his plan to establish the first English colony in North America on Roanoke Island in what is now North Carolina. Established in 1587, the colony was soon abandoned and its inhabitants vanished without a trace, presumed to have been massacred by members of Chief Powhatan's tribe. It goes on, but uh, there we go. Rayleigh seems to have been an interesting person. Now, today's poet is Edmund Spencer, 1552 through to his death in 1599. It's a very short life. And, um, however, it seems like Edmund may have written quite a lot of poetry in that short life because... We've got about 25 pages of poetry today, so let's get stuck into it. I'm going to blast through it for you. Edmund Spencer, whilst it is prime, fresh spring, the herald of love's mighty king, in whose coat armour richly are displayed all sorts of flowers, the which on worth do spring. In godly colours, gloriously arrayed, go to my love, where she is carelessly laid. Yet in her winter's bower, not well awake, Tell her the joyous time will not be stayed, unless she do him by the forelock take. Bid her, therefore, herself soon ready make, to wait on love amongst his lovely crew, where every one that misseth then her make, shall be by him a merest with penance due. Make haste, therefore, sweet love, whilst it is prime, for none can call again the passed time. A ditty in praise of Eliza, Queen of the Shepherds. See where she sits upon the grassy green, O seemly sight, be clad in scarlet like a maiden queen, and enemies, uh, sorry, and ermines white. Upon her head a cremison coronet with damask roses and daffodils set, bay leaves between and primrose green, her limb embellish the sweet violet. Tell me, have you seen her angelic face, like Phoebe fair? Her heavenly have, havia, her pri- princely ga- grace, 
Can you well compare the red rose medalled with the white affair? In either cheek, just pink, ten lively cheer, her modest eye, her majesty. Where have you seen the like but there? I see Calip speed her to the place where my goddess shines, and after her the other muses trace with their violins, being they not bay branches which they do bear, <coughs> all for Elisa in her hand to wear, so sweetly they play and sing all the way that it a heaven is to hear. This is like some kind of mix between Yoda and Shakespeare. Lo, how finely the graces can it foot to the instrument. They dance and deftly and sing and suit in their merriment. Wants not a fourth grace to make the dance. Even let the Romy to my lady be Yevon be. She shall be a grace to fill the fourth place and reign with the rest of heaven. Bring hither the pink and purple columbine with galley flowers. Bring coronations and sops in wine worn o paramounds. Strow me the ground with daffodorn dillies and cowslips and kingcups and loved lilies. The pretty pawns and the chevenor sons shall match with the fair flower delice. Now rise up, Eliza, decked as thou art in royal array. I and now, ye dainty damsels, may depart each one her way. I fear I have troubled your troops too long. To long, let Dame Eliza thank you for her song. And if you come hither, with damsels I gather, I will part them all you among. Prothalamion. Calm was the day, and through the trembling air sweet-breathing zephyrs did softly play, a gentle spirit that lightly did delay hot titan's beams, which then did glister fair, when I, whom sullen care, threw discontent on my long fruitless stay in prince court, and expectations vain, of idle hopes, which still do fly away, like empty shadows, did afflict my brain. Walked forth to ease my pain along the shore of silver streaming theme Thames, whose ruddy bank, the which like river hems, was painted all with variable flowers, and all the meads adorned with dainty games. Fit the to deck maidens' bowers, and crown their paramours against the bridal day, which is not long, sweet. Thames run softly till I end my song. There in a meadow by the river's side, a flock of nymphs I chanced to espy, all lovely daughters of the flood thereby, with godly greenish locks all loose untied, as each had been a bride, and each one had a little wicker basket made of fine twigs in trailed curiosity. Curiously. In which they gathered flowers to fill their flasket, and with fine fingers cropped full fatuously the tender stalks of on high. Of every sort which in that meadow grew, they gathered some, the violet pallid blue, the little days that an ev- at evening closes, the virgin lily, the primrose true, with store of vermeil roses to deck their bridegroom's posies, against the bridal day, 
which was not long. Sweet Thames run softly till I end my song. With that I saw two swans of goodly hue come softly swimming down along the lee. Two fairer birds I yet did never see. The snow which doth the top of Pindus strew did never whiter shoe. Nor Jove himself, when he a swan would be, for love of Leda, whiter did appear. Yet Leda was, they say, as white as he, yet not so white as these, or nothing near. So purely white they were, that even the gentle stream, the which them bear, seemed foul to them, and bade his billows spare, to wet their silken feathers list, they might soil their fame plumes with water, not so fair, and mare their beauties bright, that shone as heaven's light against their bright our day, which was not long. Sweet Thames run softly till I end my song, eftsoons the nymphs, which now had flowers their fill, ran all in haste to see that silver brood, as they came floating on the crystal flood, whom, when they saw, they stood amazed still, their wondering eyes to fill, them seemed they never saw a sight so fair of fowls so lovely that they sure did deem them heavenly born or to be that same pair that which through the sky drew Venus silver tem team for sure they did not seem to be begot of any earthly seed but rather angels or of angels breed yet were they bred of summer's heat they say in sweetest season when each flower and weed the earth did fresh array, so fresh they seemed as day, even as their bright out day, which was not long, sweet Thames run softly till I end my song. Then forth they all out of their baskets drew, great store of flowers, the honour of the field, that to the sense did fragrant odours yield, all which upon those godly birds they drew, and all the waves did strew, that like old Peneus waters they did seem, when down along the pleasant Thames shore, scattered with flowers through Thessaly they stream, that they appear through Lily's plenteous store, like a bride's chamber floor. Two of those nymphs, meanwhile, two garlands bound of freshest flowers, which in that mead they found, the witch presenting all in trim array, their snowy foreheads therewithal they crowned, whilst one did sing this lay, prepared against that day, against the bright owl day, which was not long. Sweet Thames run softly till I end my song. Yea, gentle birds, the world's fair ornament, and heaven's glory, whom this happy hour doth lead unto your lover's blissful bower. Joy may you have the gentle heart's content, of your love's couple meant, and let fair Venus, that is queen of love, with her heart-quelling son upon your smile, whose smile, they say, hath virtue to remove all love's dislike and friendship's faulty guile, guile for ever to a soil. Let endless peace your steadfast heart's accord, and blessed plenty wait upon your broad, and let your bed with pleasure's chest abound, that fruitful issue may you afford, which may your foes confound, and make your joys redound upon your bright hour day, which is not long. Sweet Thames run softly till I end my song, so ended she, and all the rest around. To her redoubled that she her under song, which said their bright hour day should not be long. 
and gentle echo from the neighbour ground, their accents did resound. So forth these joyous birds did pass along, at dawn the lee that to them murmured low, as she would speak, but that he lacked a tongue. Yet did by signs his glad affection show, making his stream run slow, and all the fowl which in his flood did dwell, gan fluck about these twain that did excel, the rest so far as Cynthia doth shend, the lesser stairs, stars, so they enranged well, did on those two attend, and their best service lend, against their wedding day which was not long, sweet Thames run softly to lay in my song. At length they all to merry London came, to merry London, my most kindly nurse, that to me gave this life's first native source, though from another place I take my name, and house of ancient fame, ancient fame, there were they came, whereas those bricky towers, the which on Thames broad aged back do ride, there where now the studious lawyers have their bowers, their high loam won't the Templar knight to bide, till they decayed through pride, next whereunto there stands a stately place where oft I gained gifts and godly grace of that great Lord which therein won't to dwell, whose want to well now feels my friendless case, but ah, here fits not well old woes, but joys to tell against the bridal day, which is not long, sweet Thames, run softly till I end my song, yet therein now doth lodge a noble peer, great England's glory and the world's wide wonder, whose dreadful name laid through all Spain did thunder, and Hercules, two pillars standing near, did make the quake and fear, fair branch of honour, flower of chivalry, that fillest England with thy triumph's fame, joy have thou of thy noble victory, and endless happiness of thine own name, that promiseth the same, that through thy prowess and victorious arms thy country may be freed from foreign harms, foreign harms, and great Elias's glorious name may ring through all the world, filled with thy wide arms, alarms, which some brave muse may sing to age follow, ages following upon the bright hour day, which is not long. Sweet Thames run softly till I end my song. From those high towers, this noble lord issuing like radiant Hesper, when his golden hair in the ocean billows he hath bathed a fair, descended to the river's opening viewing, with a great train ensuing, above the rest were godly to be seen, two gentle knights of lovely face and feature, beseeming while well the bower of ain queen, with gifts of wit and ornaments of nature fit for so goodly stature, that like the twins of Jove they seemed in sight, with deck the baldric of the heavens bright, they too, forth pacing to the river's side, received those two fair brides, their love's delight, which at the appointed tide each one did make his bride against their bridal day, which is not long, sweet Thames run softly till I end my song. Oh, that was a longie. This one's called Epithalamion. Yea, learned sisters, which have oftentimes been to me aiding others to adorn, whom ye thought worthy of your graceful rhymes, to that, that even the greatest did not greatly scorn. 
to hear their names sung in your simple lays, but joyed in their praise, and when ye list your own mishaps to mourn, which death or love or fortune's wrecked did raise, your string could soon to sadder tenor turn, and teach the woods and waters to lament your doleful detriment, drerament. Now lay those sorrowful complaints aside, and having all your heads with garlands crowned, help me mine own love's praise to resound. Nay, let the same of any be envied, so Orpheus did for his own bride. So I unto myself alone will sing, the woods shall to me answer, and my echo ring. Early, before the world's light-giving lamp, his golden beam upon the hills doth spread, having dispersed the night's uncheerful damp, though ye awake, and with fresh lusty head go to the bower of my beloved love, my truest turtle dove, bid her awake, for Hymen is awake, and long since ready forth his master move with the bright teed that flames with many a flake, and many a bachelor to wait on him in their fresh garments trim, bid her awake, therefore, and soon her delight, her dight. For lo, they wished day is come at last, that shall for all the pains and sorrows past pay to her ursary of long delight, and whilst she doth her dight, do ye to her of joy and solace sing, that all the woods may answer, and your echo ring. Bring with you all the nymphs that you can hear, both of the rivers and the forest green, and of the sea the neighbours to her near, all with gay girlands godly well beseen, and let them also with them bring in hand another gay girland, for my fair love of lilies and of roses, bound true love wise with blue silk riband, and let them make great store of bridal poses, and let them eke bring store of their flowers, to deck the bridal bowels, and let the ground whereas her foot shall tread, for fear the stones her tender foot should wrong, be stewed with fragrant grow flowers all along, and diapred like the discoloured mead, which Dundo at her chamber's door await, for she will awaken straight the whiles do he ye this song unto her sing the wood shall to you answer and your echo ring. Yea, nymphs of Moola, which with careful heed the silver scaly trouts, though tenfold weed, and greedy pikes, which use therein to feed those trouts and pikes, all others do excel, and yea, likewise, which keep the rushy lake where none do fishes take, beyond up the locks to which hang scattered light, and in his waters which your mirror make, behold your face as the faces as the crystal bright. Then when you come, whereas my love doth lie, no blemish she may spy, and eke yea, lightfoot maids, which keep the deer, that on the hoary mountain used to tower, and the wild wolves which seek them to devour, with your steel darts to do chase from coming near, be also present here to help to deck her, and to help to sing, that all the woods may answer and your echo ring. Wake now, my love, awake, for it is time. The rose morn long since left Thithone's bed. Already to her silver coach to climb, and Phobus gins to shew his glorious head. Hark, how the cheerful birds to do chaunt their lays, and carol of love's praise, 
The merry lark her matin sings aloft, the thrush replies, the mavis descant plays, the ozel shrills, the ruddock warbles soft, so goodly all agree with sweet consent to this day's merriment. Ah, my dear love, why do ye sleep thus long, when meeter were that ye should now awake to await the coming of your joyous make, and hearken to the bird's love-learned song, and dewy leaves among, nor they of joy and pleasance to ye sing, that all the woods them answer, and their echo ring. My love is now awake out of her dreams, and her fair fairy eyes, like stars that dimmed were with darksome cloud, now shrew their goodly beams. More bright than Hesperus his head doth veer, Come now, ye damsels, daughters of delight, help quickly here to dight. But come, ye fair house, ours, which were begot in Jove's sweet paradise of day and night, which doth the seasons of the year allot, and all that ever in this world is fair, do make and still repair. And ye three handmaids of the Cyprian queen, the which do still adorn her beauty's pride, help to adorn my beautifulest bride, and as ye her array still throw between some graces to be seen, and as ye use to Venus to her sing, for whiles the woods shall answer and your echo ring. Now is my love all ready forth to come, let all the virgins therefore well await, and ye fresh boys that tend upon her groom, prepare yourselves for he is coming straight. Set all your things in seemly good array, fit for so joyful day, the joyfulst day that ever sun did see. Fair sun, shew forth thy favourable ray, and let thy lithful heat not fervent be. For fear of burning her sunshine face, her beauty to disgrace, O fairest Phoebus, father of the muse, if ever I did honour thee aright, or sing the thing that mote thy mind delight, though thy, not thy servant's simple boon refuse, but let this day, let this one day be mine, let all the rest be thine, then I thy sovereign's praises loud will sing, that all the woods shall answer and the air echo ring. Hark, how the minstrels gin to shrill aloud their merry music that resounds from far, the pipe, the tabor, and the trembling crowd, that well agree without an breach of jar. But most of all, the damsels do delight when they their timbrels smite, and thereunto do dance and carol sweet, that all the senses they do ravish quite. The whiles the boys run up and down the street, crying aloud with strong confused noise, as if it were one voice, Hymen, oh, hymen, hymen, they do shout, that even to the heavens they are shouting shrill doth reach, and all the firmament doth fill, to which the people standing all about, as in approvers, do thereto applaud, and loud advance her lord, and evermore they hymen, hymen, sing, that all the woods them answer and their echo ring. Lo, where she comes along with portly pace, like Phoebe from the chamber of the east, arising forth to run her mighty race, clad all in white that seems a virgin's best. 
So while it herber seems that yea would wean some angel she had been, her long loose yellow locks like golden wire, sprinkled with pearl and pearling flowers atween, though like a golden mantle her attire, and being crowned with a girland green, seem like some maiden queen, her modest eyes abashed to behold so many gazers as on her do stare, upon the lowly ground a fixed are, nay dare lift up her countenance too bold, but blush to hear her praise sung so loud, so far from being proud, nathless though ye still loud her praise sing that all the woods may answer and your echo ring. Tell me, ye merchant's daughter, did you see so fair a creature in your town before, so sweet, so lovely, and so mild as she, adorned with beauty's grace and virtue store, her goodly eyes like sapphires shining bright, her forehead ivory white, her cheeks like apples which the sun hath rudded, her lips like cherries, charming men to bite, her breast like to a bowl of cream uncrodded, her paps like lilies budded, her snowy neck like a marble tower, and all her body like a palace fair. Ascending up with many a stately stair to honour's seat and chastity's sweet bower, why stand ye still, ye virgins, in amaze upon her so to gaze, whilst ye forgot your former later sing, to which the woods did answer and your echo ring? But if ye saw that which no eyes can see, the inward beauty of her lively sprite, garnished with heavenly gifts, of a high degree, much more than would ye wonder at the sight, and stand astonished like to those which read Medusa's mazeful head. There dwells sweet love, and constant chastity, unspotted faith, and comely womanhood, regard of honour, and mild modesty. There virtue reigns as queen in royal throne, and giveth laws alone to which the base affections do obey and yield their services unto her will. Nay, thought of, th of thing uncomely ever may, there to approach to tempt her mind to ill. Had ye once seen these her celestial thresholds and unrivalled pleasures, then would ye wonder, and her praises sing, that all the woods would should answer, and your echo ring, Upon the temple gates unto my love, open them wide, that she may enter in, and all the posts adorn, as doth behove, and all the pillars deck with girlands trim, for the, for to receive this saint with honour due that cometh into you, with trembling steps and humble reverence. She cometh in before the Almighty's view, of her, yea, virgins, learn obedience, when so ye come into those holy places. To humble your proud faces, bring her up to the high altar, that she may the sacred ceremonies there partake, the which do endless matrimony make, and let the roaring organs loudly play, the praises of the Lord in lively notes, the wiles with hollow throats, the, the choristers, the joyous anthems sing, that all the woods may answer, and their echo ring, behold, while she before the altar stands, hearing the holy priest that to her speaks, and blesseth her with his two happy hands, how the red roses flush up in her cheeks, and the pure snow with goodly vermil stain, like crimson dyed in grain, 
that even the angels which continually about the sacred altar do remain forget their services and about her fly oft peeping in her face that seems more fair the more they on it stare but her sad eyes still fastened on the ground are governed with goodly modesty that suffers not one look to glaunce or wry which may let in a little thought unsound why blush ye love to give to me your hand the pledge of all our band sing ye sweet angels alleluia sing that all the woods may answer and your echo ring now all is done bring home the bride again bring home the triumph of her victory bring home with you the glory of her gain with joyance bring her and with jollity never had man more joyful day than this whom heaven would heap with bliss make feast therefore now all this live long day this day for ever to me is holy pour out the wine without restraint or stay pour not by cups but by the belly full pour out to all that will and sprinkle all the posts and walls with wine that they may sweat and drunken be withal crown ye god bacchus with a coronal and hymen also crown with wreaths of vine and let the graces dance unto the rest for they can do it best the whiles the maidens do their carol sing to which the woods shall answer and their echo ring ring ye the bells yea young men of the town and leave your wanted labours for this day this day is holy though ye write it down that ye for ever it remember may this day the sun is in its chiefest height with barnaby the bright from whence declining daily by degrees he somewhat loseth of his heat and light when once the crab behind his back he sees for but for this time it ill-ordained was to choose the longest day in all the year the shortest night when longest fitteth weir yet never day so long but late would pass ring ye the bells to make it wear away and bonfires make all day and dance about them and about them sing that all the woods may answer and your echo ring ah when will this long weary day have end and lend me leave to come unto my love how slowly do the hours their numbers spend how slowly does a sad time his feathers move hast thee o fairest planet to thy home within the western foam thy tired steeds long since have need to rest long though it be at last i see it gloom and the bright evening star with golden crest appear out of the east fair child of beauty glorious lamp of love that all the host of heaven in rank dost lead and guidest lovers through the night's sad dread how cheerfully thou looked from above and seemest to laugh atween thy twinkling light as joyfully in the sight of these glad many which for joy do sing that all the woods them answer and their echo ring now cease ye damsels your delights for past enough it is that all the day was yours now day is done and night is nighting fast now bring the bride into the bridal doors the night is come now soon her disarray and in her bed her lay lay her in lilies and in violets and silk and courtines over her display and adored sheets and arrayed coverlets 
Behold how goodly my fair love does lie in proud humility, like unto Maya, when, as Jove her took in temp lying on the flowery grass, twixt sleep and awake after she weary was with bathing in the Achidalian brook. Now it is night, yet damsels may be gone, and leave my love alone, and leave likewise your former lay to sing, the woods no more shall answer, nor your echo ring. Now welcome night. Though night so long expected, that long days labour doest at last defray, and all my cares which cruel love collected has summed in one and cancelled for a spread thy broad wing over my love and me that no man may us see and in thy sable mantle us enwrap from fear of peril and foul horror free let no false treason seek us to entrap nor any dread disquiet once annoy the safety of our joy but let the night be calm and quietsome with tempestuous storm or sad affray like as when Jove and fair Alcmena lay, when he begot the great Tyrithian groom, or like as when he with thyself did lie, and begot majesty, and let the maids and young men cease to sing, they let the woods then answer, nor their echo ring. Let no lamenting cries, nor doleful tears be heard all night within, nor yet without, nay, let false whispers breeding hidden fears break gentle sleep with misconceived doubt. Let no deluding dreams nor dreadful sights make sudden sad affrights. Nay, let house fires nor lightnings helpless harms. Nay, let the pook nor evil sprites. Nay, let mischievous witches with their charms. Nay, let the hobgoblins, names whose sense we see not, fray us with things that be not. Let not the shriek or owl nor the stroke be heard, nor the night raven that still deadly yells, nor damned ghosts clad, called up with mighty spells, nor grisly vultures make us once afeard. Nay, let the unpleasant choir of frogs still croaking make us to which they're choking. Let none of these their dreary accents sing. Nay, let the woods then answer, nor their echo ring. But let still silence, true white night watch, watches keep that sacred peace may in assurance reign, and timely sleep when it is time to sleep may pour his limbs forth on your pleasant play, plain, the wiles. An hundred little winged loves like divers feathered doves shall fly and flutter round your bed, and in the secret dark that none reproves their pretty stealth shall work and snarls shall spread to filch away sweet snatches of delight concealed through covert night ere sons of venus play your sports at will for greedy pleasures careless of your toys think more upon her paradise of joys than what ye do albeit good or ill all night therefore attend your merry play for it will soon be day now none doth hinder you that say or sing, Nay, will the woods now answer, nor your echo ring. Who is the same which at my window peeps, Or whose in that fair face that shines so bright? Is it not Cynthia, she that never sleeps, But walks about high heaven all the night? O fairest goddess, do thou not envy my love with me to spy? For thou like 
wise didst love thou not now underthought, and for a fleece of wool which privily the latter man shepherd once upon thee brought, his pleasures with thee wrought, therefore to us be favourable now, and sith the women's labours thou hast charged, and generation goodly dost enlarge, incline thy will to effect our wishful vow, and the chaste womb inform with timely seed that may our comfort breed, to which we cease our hopeful hap to sing, nay let the woods us answer, nor our echo ring. And thou great Juno, which with awful might the laws of wedlock still dost patronise, and the religion of the faith first plight with sacred rites has taught to solemnize, and eke for comfort, often called art of women in their smart, eternally bind thou this lovely band, and all thy blessings unto us impart, and thou glad genius in whose gentle hand the bridal bower and genial bed remain without blemish or stain, and the sweet pleasures of their love's delight with secret aid dost secure and supply, till they bring forth the fruitful progeny, send us the timely fruit of this same night, and thou fair haven, thou hymen free, grant that it may so be, till which we cease your further praise to sing, nay, any woods shall answer, nor your echo ring. And, yea, high heavens, the temple of the gods, in which a thousand torches flaming bright do burn to us, wretched earthly clods, in dreadful darkness lend desired light. And all, yea, powers which in the same remain, more than we men can feign, pour out your blessing on us plenteously, and happy influence upon us reign, that we may raise a large posterity, which from the earth which they may long possess with lasting happiness, up to your haughty palaces may amount, and for the guridon of their glorious merit may heavenly tabernacles they inherit, of blessed saints for to increase the count. So let us rest, sweet love, in hope of this, and cease till then our timely joys to sing, the woods no more us answer, nor our echo ring, song made in lieu of many ornaments, with which my love should duly have been decked, which cutting off through hasty accidents, yea, would not stay your due time to expect, but promised both to recompense, be unto her a gold goodly ornament, and for a short time an endless monument. And this next one, that went for bloody ages. This next one is called From Daphnada. She fell away in her first ages spring, whilst yet her leaf was green and fresh her rind, and whilst her branch fair blossom forth did bring, she fell away against all course of kindle, for age to die is right, but youth is wrong. She fell away like fruit blown down with a windle, Weep, shepherd, weep, to make my undersong. Yet fell she not as one enforced to die, nay die with dread and grudging discontent, but as one told, toiled with travail, down doth lie. So lay she down, as if to sleep she went, and closed her eyes with careless quietness, the while soft death away her spirit hent, and soul assoiled from sinful fleshlessness. How happy! Was I, when I saw her lead, 
the shepherd's daughter dancing in the round how trimly would she trace and softly tread the tender grass with rosy garland crowned and when she list advance her heavenly voice both nymphs and muses nigh she made a sound and flocks and shepherds cause to rejoice but now ere shepherd lass who shall lead your wandering troops or sing your verilies or who shall dight your bowers sith she is dead that was the lady of your holy days let now your bliss be turned into bale and into plaints convert your joyous plays and with the same fill every hill and dale for i will walk this wandering pilgrimage throughout the world from one to other end and in affliction waste my better age my bread shall be the anguish of my mind my drink the tears which fro mine eyes they rain my bed the ground that hardest i may find so will i willfully increase my pain <coughs> no sleep the harbinger of weary whites shall ever lodge upon mine eyelids more nay shall with rest refresh my fainting sprites nor failing force to form a strength restore but i will wake in sorrow all the night with philomene my fortune to deplore with philomene the partner of my plight and ever as i see the stars to fall and underground to go to give them light which dwell in darkness i to mind will call how fair star that shined on me so bright fell so dainly and faded underground since whose departure day is turned to night and night without a venus star is found and she my love that was my saint that is when she beholds from her celestial throne in which she joyeth in eternal bliss my bitter penance will my case bemoan and pity me that living thus do die the heavenly spirits have compassion on mortal men and rue their misery so when i have the, with sorrow satisfied the importune fates which vengeance on me seek and the heavens with long languor pacified she for pure pity of my sufferance meek will send for me for which i daily long and will till then my painful penance eke weep shepherd weep to make my undersong and one last short one called easter most glorious lord of life that on this day did make thy triumph over death and sin and having harrowed hell didst bring away captivity thence captive us to win this joyful day dear lord with joy begin and grant that we for whom thou didst die being with thy dear blood clean washed from sin may live ever in felicity and that thy love we weighing worthily may likewise love thee for the same again and for thy sake that all like dear didst buy with love may one another entertain so let us love dear love like as we ought love is the lesson which the lord us taught Alrighty, that was a heck of a lot of poetry. We got through it. Good on us. That was Edmund Spencer. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.